Warning! This podcast contains hot takes, cliched opinions, and strong language. Welcome to Records and Fans. Leon is joining me today. How are you? I'm good, mate. You? I'm really good. It feels like ages since we've done this, and it's probably because I haven't yet put out the last one we did. <laughs> what was it, about three and a half, four weeks ago? Yeah, about that. But yeah. it's coming. I'm, I'm I'm saving that for a special occasion. We've got this new sort of format we're trying to play around with a little bit, where we're giving out awards for different categories for special records or important records, I suppose. And the record we're doing this week is Radiohead's OK Computer, which was rated on the recent Rolling Stone. They they revamp their ratings, their top 500 every few years. And on the last one, I think it came in at number 42. Oh, interesting. OK, because in a Channel 4 poll, it was the greatest record release of the 90s, which whichever way you look at it, 42... It's not exactly, um, if it's the greatest release in the 90s, there was a lot of releases in the 90s. So, yeah, 42, I, th- I think I think it's right. I think it's about where it sort of belongs. I think Beggar's Banquet was 41 by the Rolling Stones. Oh, right, okay. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I, th- I think it's about right, because there's an awful lot of good music, isn't there, that that could be above it. But And, and the Rolling Stone is quite... I don't know what the word is. But the Rolling Stone is the Rolling Stone and they like what they like, don't they? And it's not necessarily like the enemy would have a different list entirely. So Yeah, definitely. So OK Computer is the third album by Radiohead. We don't need to go into who Radiohead are, I don't think. It was released on the 21st of May, 1997. Wow. Okay. Wow. 25 years. It's only a couple of years older than me. The band distanced themselves from the guitar-centred, lyrically introspective style of their previous album, The Bends. Other than the song Lucky, which was recorded in 1995, all of OK Computer was recorded in 96 and early 97, with Nigel Godrich, who they've worked with on most things. I found a review of the album from the 10th of July 1997 in Rolling Stone, where they gave it four out of five stars. And just briefly, it says, OK Computer is not an easy listen. From Johnny Greenwood's menacing riff that introduces the opener airbag to York's fragile pleas to slow down on the final track, The Tourist, each song takes time to reveal itself as a narrative link to the album's ultimately spiritual message. But still gets four out of five, even though it's difficult to listen, you know. I think that says a lot about the the material in in that respect, because it is, there's an awful lot of meat in that sandwich, isn't there? You know, to be honest, if or um, you know, corn if you're a, a vegan, I guess. So, can you remember the first time you heard it? Because I, I, I can remember, I can remember having it. I had it on tape, and it would have been around September '97 because I bought it up. It was. Do you remember there was a big HMV up at Merry Hill? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I drove my little Renault Five up there because I just passed my driving test. Right. Okay. And, and I bought it on cassette. Why? <laughs> and the 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 inlay was like a massive fold out thing, and it just went forever. It felt yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So I remember having having it on cassette, and I certainly listened to the first half a lot more than the second half. I think. But Do you know what? I I was thinking as I was listening to it, where did I hear this? And I think I just bought it because I'd heard Paranoid Android, which I think was a single release of it, and 
I, I was obviously well into the Benz at that point. And I'd been listening to the Benz on the bus to college. And I'd listened to the Benz pretty much religiously on that bus. So when Paranoid Android came out, I wasn't blown away by it. But I thought, you know, I'll see what else this has got to offer. And yeah, just it really took an awful lot of listens. Yeah, I'm sure it was just a cassette in my Walkman, sat on the bus on the way to college and yeah, just never really left the player in between going back to the bends a bit and listening to Supergrass and stuff like that as well in amongst it all. But yeah, listen to that an awful lot. We spoke about it. We've spoken about it on here before, but do you remember the first time we heard Creep was on that CD that came with Donkey Kong Country for the Nintendo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that that was like my first dalliance with Radiohead. And then, like you say, the the Benz was... That, what, what was that, 95? That was probably album of the year for like the NME in that in 95. And obviously I was into heavier stuff then, so it was kind of on my radar, but kind of on the periphery. And... Certainly, OK Computer when it came out, there like I thought the video for Paranoid Android was really, really cool, mm. and it kind of felt like an album because of all the hype. It kind of felt like an album that I should own rather than necessarily one I sought out. I was really excited to go and buy. Yeah, yeah. On a recent Justin Hawkins rides again, he was talking about the Benz. He said that his brother just thrust a copy into his hand and said every person should own a copy of this album, The Benz. And you kind of felt at that point, after having critical acclaim from Pablo Honey and then critical acclaim from The Benz, that this this was going to be the band that shaped Britpop's future. That didn't really happen because they suddenly kind of, almost kind of went, oh, I don't want to be Britpop. Pop. I don't want to be lumped in with the, the likes of Blur and Oasis because that's not what we do. So I felt OK Computer was almost like a, we're not going to really do what you expect. And then that kind of set up Radiohead as a, as a, as a whole. And that's their whole ethos is, you know, don't expect the, the, the expected because that's not what you're going to get. We'll get into it in a bit more detail in a bit, but definitely I feel this is a very brave record at the time because they could have quite easily have just done the Benz Mark II. Yep. And it could have just pumped that out for 10 years and people would have bought it and loved it. And they would have, I mean, there was that performance at Glastonbury in 97 that was just like transcendental, wasn't it? It was like almost like a spiritual, even watching it on the telly, it just seemed like that, that there's been two perform. You know how, um, you know how the BBC have all of Glastonbury on the telly every year. I find it difficult to really connect with the music when it's coming from the telly, from a live gig, but there's only been two that i've really thought oh that looks amazing i wish i was there and that's beyonce i think in 2011 mm-hmm. and that radiohead set yeah. in 90 1997 wasn't it that so yeah i think those types of shows glastonbury particularly is is literally like perfect for people like radiohead you know that whole spiritual experience you know you could imagine back in that sort of time era those types of shows that are just they're not just a musical experience there's an awful lot more to it than that and I think those people who identify with the music but also the performances of of Greenwood and Tom York and the whole band Tom just oozes not not charisma it's not right charisma's not right he just oozes something that you just sit there and go this this guy's 
he's just emoting absolutely everything that he sings. And I think that's, I remember saying to a friend of mine once that, oh, I'd rate Tom York as one of the best male British vocalists we've got. And he went, what, really? It's like, yeah, but have you heard songs like Just and Let Down? He can do anything from like absolute belters, electioneering. He's mm-hmm. absolutely screeching it down a microphone. And he, you know, and then next bit, minute he's doing Let Down or from the previous album, Fake Plastic Trees. Knives Out is a really good, oh. um, yeah, and the Pyramid song later on, like, you know, it's, mm. he's a really, really good vocalist. So should we get to start giving out a few awards? Yeah, go on then. Okay, so have you got any contenders for the best track on the album? I've got two. Oh, this will be interesting because uh, I've got I've got two contenders and then and then the one I've chosen. So go on. Okay, I've got two contenders and there's one clear winner for me and it'll it'll never change and you'll never convince me otherwise. <laughs> Electioneering and let down. Electioneering because it really shows how they can belt it still. And it's still harking back to the Benz and also Pablo Honey, but also making it effectual. There's an awful lot of like stuff going on. Like the drums, it they, they, they sound amazing, but they also sound like he's hitting dustbins. Yeah, I get exactly what you mean. Also, throughout the whole album, there's stuff going on in the background. And, and I'm hearing stuff on songs that I've known for years that I've never heard before. And throughout the whole album, pretty much, it's almost like there's a conversation that's been recorded that runs throughout the whole album, just in the background. And it's almost like it's it's almost static in the back, but you can still, you think, oh, what's that? What's that? I can hear this. What's that going on? And it's almost like someone's just going in the background, but it, it, it's there, but it doesn't distract you from the music it almost adds to the whole thing it's almost like someone's it's just, just like in depth isn't it yeah it's almost like they're sat there recording this stuff and in the background someone's rolling a rizzler and you yeah. can just hear it on the microphone it's 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 palpable it's so good so um electioneering and let down they're they're your two contenders are they so yeah. I, I can't get very far past paranoid android is a piece of work exit music from a film i absolutely adore mm-hmm. but Again, there's another reason for that, which I'll come on to later on. But I think that's a beautiful, beautiful piece of music. That wake from your sleep before your father hear, hears us. And he's just about whispering while, you know, those lines. And it's really, really intimate. And it's and it's just beautiful. But for me, Let Down is the best song on the album. Yes, that's, that's my number one. And it's just the way it builds and builds and builds and then hits that crescendo and keeps going and there's so much stuff going on and there's layers upon layers of vocals and layers upon layers of guitars and mm-hmm. there's just and you kind of think we used to always talk about the Miami Sane machine effect when you have so much going on, didn't we? But this is just yeah, it it's it's perfect. We we've kind of reached the end of the show already, because yeah, best on the album. Bye, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> but in our last show in this new format, we called this next section the Jonathan Davis Award for Skippable Moment. Obviously, because he was a triple jumper with a hop, skip and jump. But really, it's more like the worst songs on the on the record or the ones that don't float your boat. So have you got, is, have you got a big list or not? Two, really. There's a couple on there where you sort of think, oh, this isn't cream of the crop, but there's still really good songs in their own right, you know? I wouldn't say this kind of in the echelons of letdown and electioneering uh, or even exit music but 
they're ones that I kind of think, you know what, maybe I've heard it too much or whatever, but Karma Police, literally not in my, I would put it at the bottom of the album for me. Okay. And for obvious reasons that it doesn't really sort of go or do anything. It's not even actually a song, so I don't know if you can put it to it, but Fitter, Better, Happier. I just kind of think it's got no, what's the point of it? All right, okay. So the the ones I've got in this category are Lucky and The Tourist. The last two, they just seem to just go on a little bit. There's quite, to be honest, there's a few tracks like Subterranean, Homesick Alien. I think I can, it's really, really good. But about a minute from the end, I'm quite happy to press the fast forward button and get to the next track. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. I I like, you know, the the sentiment of flying in a spaceship and being taken away, show me the world and all that sort of thing. And I think the atmospherics of that song hold me. But as you say, by the time he's he's kind of wound up the vocal and it's just kind of doing stuff, you think, well, yeah, it's probably not going to go any further. We know it's not going to go any further because we've listened to it. And, but, there's so much more to give from other songs later on in the song, so you don't skip skip those. I get what you mean, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe after like 25 years of listening to the album, you know what's coming next, so you're just keen to get like you're keen to get to the next track. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so, I'd agree with but that. But also, there is the argument to be made that the majority of the album is so very good that even the even the worst tracks are still very good. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I tend to agree that there's even fits a better happier. Um, even though I put it as my worst track, Karma Police, I find difficult to listen to. It just kind of some of the lyrics grate on me a bit. But fit, even fits a better happier. There's no, there's no better in it. Is it not? Is it just fit? No, it's just fit happier. Yeah. Oh, was it? I thought it was fit better. Yeah, so while while we're on to um, misconceptions, <laughs> yeah, it's not Stephen Hawking, and I and I'll be honest, I thought it was for a long time. Oh yeah, <laughs> I kind of knew it wasn't because it's not quite the same timbre to the voice. It, but apparently, it's the the text to speech voice from Tom York's Mac. Oh right, okay from back in the day and then he's played around with it um but he does actually say that it's one of the most distressing songs he's ever written <laughs> okay like like lyrically wise it's, it's like yeah he just thinks it's really really messed up like yeah it kind of is but ultimately it's just kind of it is it's like a checklist for living a, a fitter happier life do you wonder if it's maybe a counter or a cousin to the, you know, the opening monologue of Trainspotting, Choose Life? Uh, possibly, yeah. I just wonder, what because that came out the year before, didn't it? 96 was Trainspotting. Right, okay. So I wonder whether this is a reaction to that. I, 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 it just came, that just came to me today. I was just wondering whether it's like, you know, just a counterbalance to... It's very likely. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that he's written that with with that in mind but you then kind of have other things that have followed along from this and I, I do believe that this is a form of artistic expression because Baz Luhrmann did it with sunscreen you know it's that same sort of thing it's a monologue of a person's thoughts on how not how you should live your life but ways to make it to enrich your life you know 
it's kind of stream of consciousness. Like me and Sam often talk about, um, you know, Seaford mods. Like a lot of his lyrics, mm. they, I'm, they're very well crafted, and they need to be very well crafted to come across as stream of consciousness off the top of his head. Mm. As you know, it's just what's coming to him and it's what's going out, and it, it kind of has that feel about it. Well crafted spontaneity, almost. If there is such a thing, <laughs> yeah, I think lyric writing is. I find that the hardest part of writing music. Um, and I think generally the lyric writing, there's an art to making, uh, and Tom York hints at that in one of the lyrics in OK Computer, where he says, um, I think it's on let down, try not to get too sentimental because it always ends up drivel, which is almost basically saying, look, you know, you can write lyrics all the time, but just trying to get too sentimental there's there's a point where it becomes just like slushy. Well, it becomes hack, doesn't it? I had a conversation with a guy once. Um, I can't remember his surname. You know, you know, um, Steve. Yeah, Steve Dane at the guitar shop. We had a chat about how like every song is a love song. It, they're they're either happy because they're in love. They're sad because they're in. They're not in love. They're angry because they were in love and now they're not. You know, they they're pining for love they're crossed because a thing that they love has been taken away mm. like so he, he, you know or you know a, pr- a protest song yeah yeah that's absolutely true and it's and it's nuance and metaphor and imagery which brings it back from being melodrama yeah and that's a real skill writing lyrics that don't necessarily have an instant message although the message one person gets hence spin the black circle you might get one message from it but then if you look in the subtext or read between the lines there might be something else going on that you, you might well miss i think it's really funny actually to be honest with it like because there's been two songs that we've both taken the opposite interpretation on so there's that ben folds one the sound mm-hmm. of the life of my mind and you're saying yeah like the city's just too much for him and he needs a break so he takes himself off and he can look down at all and i'm like i think that's about teen suicide mate and then spin the black circle you're like yeah because it's about heroin addiction and this that and the other and i'm like i think it's just about putting records on (laughs) (laughs) do you know what i mean exactly but you could you could imagine that you would have picked the two darker concepts yeah but we've both taken one each though should we get back to radiohead yeah indeed let's anything else skippable karma police see i was surprised you said karma police because i really like karma police yeah see whether it's because we covered it Mm. I remember we tried to play it, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we we beginning to ended it definitely. You know, there was no doubt about the fact that we could play it. It's always slower on the record than I remember it, and it's always slower than I play it on my guitar. I play it quicker, and I really like the bit where it, I think it goes from a C to a B minor and then to a D or some variation of that. The few for a minute here, I lost myself. I think that's amazing. See, I love the lyrics, but there's it's one of the deliveries that I don't like of Tom York's. It's very much back at the bend though, isn't it? Yeah, but I think it's, it's, it doesn't match up to much of what's on the bends, to be honest. I've, from what, whatever else is on the album, it's four, four. It's just playing. Nothing, nothing's unexpected on it. Um, except for, as you say, the lift and crescendo at the end where he's, there's so much more on that album. Do we do we think Karma Police might be one of the last songs in inverted commas that Radiohead released? Like a traditional 
verse verse chorus verse chorus bridge and that's potentially why it's in my bottom because i um it's in your I, bottom it's... <laughs> do you want to finish that sentence yeah it's in the bottom of my list <laughs> shall we move on and he'll like this should we move on to the the sam jones core i wish i'd written that award which is like the highlight so is there a riff is there some drums is there a line of lyrics I've made, I've got loads. There is absolutely my musical highlight, and it's one that still moves me to tears. And I find it just the most beautiful piece of music that's ever been committed to celluloid, CD, cassette, anything. Is the the vocal at the end of Let Down, where he goes up and they continue the subline text, which is a standard vocal part that he'd already sung previously in the song. But he goes up and he just holds that note. Uh, is it, you know, you, you are? Yeah. Do you know where you are? You, yeah. Um, you know where you are? Where... Uh, yeah. And he just holds that note at the end, but he holds it and it is crystal clear. And as it comes to the end of it, he just adds in a end of breath vibrato that is just exquisite. And there's nothing on the album that matches that quality. It is absolutely beautiful. That whole last section on that down, that, that last sort of 45 seconds, I suppose, where it's just there upon there upon there of vocals. And it's like, you know where you are with, and then he's coming back in with that. And then it's chemical reactions. It's, under that yeah you know and um only ends up hurting and it's everything that's come on before it's just come on and there must be about seven or eight different layered vocals and it's just they yeah. all work perfectly with each other and just the arrangement of that yeah i say i wish i'd written something like that that's completely 100 percent beyond me to even contemplate that that would work i mean that that's what makes them critically acclaimed songwriters if you're sat there right and you're you're um, writing a piece, uh, a, a lyrical piece, and you want to evoke the general hustle and bustle and directionlessness of of general everyday life, commuters coming in, going out, or this that, and the other. Right? Okay. The first phrase of "Let Down." Do you remember? It, well, they still use it to this day, like time-lapse photography of um, streets where people are just like zipping backwards and forwards. Or rem- cars from a motorway overpass, that sort of thing, yeah. He's he's talking about just general life, you know, um, transport, motorways and tram lines, aircraft, starting, stopping, taking off taking and landing. Taking off and landing. Yeah, and you think, what is... It's just, it's just a... He's just stood there looking at traffic coming backwards and forwards. But he's not. No. He could literally position himself in the middle of all of this and the whole world just passes him by. And it's the song Let Down, it, uh, this is what I get from it, is that he's just he just feels completely and utterly destroyed that the whole world is going on around him and not one person stops to take in what is going on or who they've passed or what this person is and what that thing does. 
it's it's an absolute and at the end he says you know i'm going to grow wings one day and just fly away because a probably no one would miss me but no one would even notice that i grew wings and flew away and that is the absolute bloody tragedy of life is that there's so much magic and no one takes the time to sit and watch it and i think that is what let down is all about and and any more i wish i'd written that i just i love the riff on electioneering yep dangling dangling yeah great and i know we've mentioned it plenty of times about the like the, the vocals and the layering and all of that it, it it feels to me it's the first time for tom york across this album that there's a complete lack of ego as the lead vocalist in that his voice is just another instrument to get where they want to go. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think like on, um, like, yeah, on, on the earlier stuff, it's clear that he was singing. And then on this it is just that it's just all the extra bits and it's the layering of the tracks and all of that that we've spoken about, but that lack of ego across the whole album, I think is really, really cool. Another, drums on airbag i've put excellent drums on airbag airbag's first song isn't it just the way it starts another point where his drums just sound like he's he's hitting just pots and pans or something bags of like polystyrene flumps you think how can you get a sound out of this it just sounds but it just fits what the song needs and that's where i think the songwriting genius comes in it doesn't need full full tilt banging drums it's just little skipping tap taps and it's just genius the whole lot of it there's one bit at the very end on at the end of the tourist it's like you've had this whole album i think it's like 54 minutes long or something and it's got it's just beautiful and it's like multi-instruments the voices are doing all sorts guitars are doing everything and then it just finishes with a triangle it goes ting and that's the last sound you hear on the album and i just think that's that's brilliant because what more do you need yeah I'm going to come to my, the best thing on the whole album. Um, I'm going to come to that in a minute. But the bass on Exit Music is amazing. That is a brilliant bass line. It, it's so simple. It's just bouncing octaves, but it is just driving that last bit on. And oh, just incredible. But it still doesn't top my all time. <laughs> it just sends me into absolute Ferrari every time I hear it. Because it's done mathematically let down at the beginning of the song is that's the riff, but in the background you've got dung dung dung, but it's not in time. It's every four and a half beats for the first phrase. Then it kind of drops out a little bit as they get into the at the end of the first uh, first verse. Uh, Trans motorways, tram lines. Once it gets to the end of that, and it gets to let down and hanging around, it comes back then. That's when it comes back in. But it's not four and a half beats anymore. It's three and a half beats. And you think they've changed that. But then it it doesn't stay three and a half beats. It loses half a beat every time it goes until the end. It's going ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. It's like the gates coming down on a level crossing. Yeah, it's really clever. It's like, like I say, it's beyond me when, like, I don't really write songs anyway. And that's the award. I wish I could have written it. So we'll give it to Bing Bongs on that day. Oh, man. 
I did want to quickly mention, I don't know if we've got an award for this, but there's two or three uses of songs from this album in the media, in pop culture, shall we say. So you were mentioning one I hadn't heard earlier on. You were saying about something on the Ricky Gervais thing. Do you know what? I've got a feeling it's, it is let down. Oh, um, right, okay. Uh, him and his mate, who's a photographer, are out in the car. They just set off on a drive to go and see somebody and they put on let down in the background and it starts off in the car stereo and as soon as it starts in the car stereo instantly transported back to when that would have been in my car stereo and they they use that as a really nice mechanic in in the series they could have just plumbed it in as a you know a digital track over the top of the thing but they didn't they actually played it through the car or or gave it the effect of playing through the car stereo and i think that it's hard enough watching Afterlife 3. It's a real difficult watch. And yeah, I was just sat in bed uh, watching it and just sobbed relentlessly during that whole scene. It was just, yeah, it just brought back a million and one different feelings and memories, that song. And I'm going to ruin that entirely now because what um, one of my favourite uses of Radiohead on the television is in The Royal Family when the carolina hearn's character i can't remember her name now and um they have their baby and they put baby david to bed and he puts on the mobile and it's no surprises it's no surprises and i really like that and they mention um to get the baby to sleep they they do radio head at the kid uh, okay which is really quite nice like and there are a lot of elements of sort of within Radiohead that are almost well tom york refers to no surprises is it was a it was a one take thing they did and it was he was like it was just a, like a weird nursery rhyme just a dark nursery rhyme yeah 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 and it is this did you ever watch persons of interest with uh jim caviezel you know jesus from the passion um i i know of it i've not seen it no. yeah so, so basically this guy's built an ai which can predict when a crime is going to be committed and who's mm-hmm. going to be involved but it can't tell you if the person's going to be a victim or a suspect oh okay okay so he hires jim caviezel jesus to go around and either protect or stop the perpetrator or the victim mm. so and but then there's another bad guy they also build an another ai okay and then like the bad guy ai wakes up and jesus in his in his man in the chair they've got to basically run for their lives and that's when um exit music from a film comes on and and it's amazing because like Literally, their their world is falling apart. It's this like dominant AI is waking up. It's about season five, and it's just wake from your sleep, and it's just like and it's gone slow mo, and they're running down the street, and like uh, Jim Caviezel, who's like this ex special ops thing, he's getting surrounded by baddies because they can see him. They they're trying to hide, but every video camera has been taken over by this bad AI, bad the baddie AI to try mm-hmm. and, to find them. So wherever they go, they're seen. Oh, right, okay. So, and and as this is playing, like, he's getting surrounded by, like, black ops dudes and stuff, and it's, but it's really powerful. For for such a chewing gum bit of a bit of Teddy, Mm. it's a really powerful moment, and it's the music that makes it, and that's exit music from a film, so. Mm. I I think that's, again, you know, very descriptive of what Radiohead are, which is, is, is just powerful songwriting. Whether you're listening to Pyramid Song or Kid A, the the power within it is not always obvious until the, the, I didn't get UNU's army until I was working late one night at my old 
factory. Is that on Amnesiac? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. and Army, and I was literally, um, I was working late one night at Centerprint. Back in the day. Back in the day, and um, and just sat there listening to it. I stopped the machines and just sat and listened to it. And it was at that point, it was like, yeah, I get it. And from that moment on, it was like I kind of get what they're trying to do, but it it needed almost like a spiritual epiphany to make me kind of jump on board with it. But I think a lot of people switched off at Amnesiac because it was just too much out there. But there's some absolute belters in their latter catalogue, even from like In Rainbows and you know Hail to the Thief and stuff like that. It, it, it's it's top quality stuff that needs to be given time of day. So do we think OK Computer, if it was released today, would, that, would it hold up? Or does it hold up? And if it was released today, do you think it would still be a mega like a massive record in this day and age yeah no no it's too much of an album isn't it and i think as well you would never ever in this day and age see karma police or paranoid android bearing in mind that paranoid android was like high charting i think it was number one you would never never see that in the charts with Dua Lipa, Ed Sheeran, possibly alongside Adele, maybe. It, it just wouldn't be in the charts. No. And if you gave it to the people who listened to the likes of Ed Sheeran and Dua Lipa and Pussycat Dolls and Little Mix and all this Drake and everything else, they would literally go, what is this? Whereas back in the day... People who were listening to the likes of Blur, who were just on the outskirts of being slightly experimental. They started to go that way, weren't they? Yeah. And it was yeah. already, and, and then literally, Radiohead kind of went, well, there's a lot of lot more guitar y stuff and a lot more experimentation going on. You've got Moby in the mix, you've got Fatboy Slim doing stuff. And Radiohead just went, you know, let's go full experiment and see if it sticks. And I think there was so much more receptivity towards that style of music at that point in time that it just slotted in. I'm not saying it's not a great album and it hasn't stood the test of time. I'm just saying saying that the audience of today just wouldn't receive it in the way it was received in 97. Yeah, I think what I was going to mention was that I think in 97 you had, obviously, like all the indie kids loved it, and then... I kind of got into it because I felt even if, you know being a greasy grunger mm. at the time, you know, with with punk tend. That's how I kind of describe myself as a greasy grunger with punk tendencies. I was really, you know, I really like Radiohead, and then you're into, you know, you're the metalhead, mm. and you and you liked Radiohead, absolutely. Whereas I don't know if there's quite that crossover these days. And I think as well, with a background in, I hate I hate saying it, but the background of good well-crafted well-written music you can spot good well-crafted well-written music no matter what genre mm-hmm. you know i recently listened to something that i listened to when you were still at stavs which was harvest mm-hmm. by neil young didn't get it then don't get it now but can appreciate the songwriting ability mm-hmm. it's not my bag but you've got to sit there and go yeah i mean bloody songs are brilliant really really good but they're not my 
they're not going to ignite me because that's not what I'm into. See, I think Neil Young and Radiohead are estranged bedfellows in that they make the records that they want to make and they don't care what record companies think. They barely care if fans like them or not. It's like, this is what we're going away, gone away and this is what we've made mm. and this is it. This is our art. Yeah, yeah I, I tend to agree with that because, you know, with like Crazy Horse and that, uh, Neil Young is is just doing what he wants to do and Crazy Horse is just them. Speaking of my mate Steve Parker at work, he said, you know, Crazy Horse is literally just like a bunch of guys who just riff off each other and that's what they record. You know how people like hold the Beatles up in high esteem? Mm-hmm. That's a, for, that I ha, I hold Neil Young up in the same esteem as, as Beatles fans hold the Beatles in. For me, Neil Young is, is, is as good a songwriter, if not better, than Lennon and McCartney. Where do we think Radiohead then sit in the scheme of like great, well, with this stick local, great British bands? Mm, tough one because, yeah, because I this is why I so I, I was making notes earlier and I was thinking that they make excellent albums, mm. they've never really been involved in a scene, they could have easily got swept up into that sort of Britpop indie scene. And I feel that okay, computer is a definitive swerve away from all of that yeah i feel like they've purposely moved away from trends you know so that they've never followed they've always kind of led but no one's kind of followed them Mm. like the closest is maybe muse and then but then they went off on their own little yeah you know as soon as like because muse came along and i could hear you could hear radiohead in them instant yeah but then radiohead went off again and yeah. then again, and then again, and Muse went the opposite direction towards a more metally proggy, maybe mm. sound. Yeah, I'd agree. But with you that. know Muse better than I do. But yeah, I would definitely say that. Um, Where uh, what I'm trying to get at is like they never really spearheaded a genre like 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 Nirvana would have spearheaded the grunge movement and yeah. the clash would have to keep it british the clash would have spearheaded the that uk punk scene mm. maiden with that new wave of british heavy metal yeah the the stone roses with that whole madchester vibe which obviously then led into britpop mm. no one kind of went with radiohead but whether that's because radiohead just kept evolving and kept changing so quickly do you think though that radiohead evolved in the way they did because of that was just their natural progression or do you think which i believe is part of radiohead's package is that they don't really like when they give interviews they're not standard interviews on radio they're they're very difficult people to interview because they're, they're not a classic band so do you think their ability, their ability to evolve and their, their need to evolve into something completely different was just because that's the way they went? Or do you think it was because, oh, fucking hell, Coldplay sounds like us now. We need to do something different. A combination. I think there's probably, probably deliberate swerves, especially after the bends. Mm-hmm. I think they felt that we need to take this somewhere else or else we're going to get swept up. It's like 90, 94, 95, 96 is peak Britpop. Yeah very like even the manics who were separate if you like got swept up in in that by 96 97 the manics were very much a brit pop brit rock whatever you want to call it band yeah. 
Yeah. They were in that same scene, weren't they? You know, mm-hmm. despite coming from a very different place. Whereas I think like Radiohead deliberately tried to take themselves out of that space. Yeah. And then I think once they started moving, it was a case of let's see where this takes us. Mm. I don't think they went, oh, such and such just released an album that sounds like something we're working on, so we're going to change again. I think I think they're artists. I think they have concepts that they want to explore, and I think they want to explore and experiment with arrangements and melodies and song structures and I think they want to. I get the feeling that they want to push the edges of their abilities and their talents. Mm. And sometimes I feel that maybe they just want to break it all. Yeah, like they ain't going to go for this, and then we're going to, you know, one they ain't going to go for this record, and we're going to put it out for free. Yeah, I, I was about to say that it is. I think it is literally, it's punk, isn't it? Mm. It's literally like, do you know what? We got a record company. Polydor, they're doing us, you know, they record for us and everything else, but they've given us free reign and this is our record. So here, download it for free. And Polydor must have gone, you what? Yeah. What? What? You, hang on. Radiohead had kind of gone, yeah, but we're the band. Mm. It's, it's our intellectual property. We can do what we want. Yeah. And that that's Radiohead all over. And I think generally that that's, yes, they've had this need to push the boundaries, but also, I think they've all they've also been influenced by the genres. They've just kind of mm-hmm. gone, well, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't want to record with a guitar and a bass anymore. Yeah, and I also feel there's, I think there is a deliberate move away from anything that might be seen as popular or any particular movement. They always, I think they take pride in being seen as outside of it all. That's... I think there's a lot of snobbishness around Radiohead as well. It's like, and, and we'll get into this with our last award which is the Tenzing Norgay Award. Who's Tenzing? Uh, names for me. Tenzing Norgay was the, the the Sherpa who carried Sir Edmund Hillary up to the top of Everest. Oh, okay. <laughs> or they went up together. But everyone gives says Edmund Hillary all the credit, but uh, yeah, Tenzing yeah. Norgay was his mate and went as well. So I'm just being a funny fucker, really. <laughs> That's fair enough. I, yeah. I agree with that. Um, so yeah, the Tenzing Norgay Award. Is this peak Radiohead? Is OK Computer like Radiohead at the top of their game. Cool. That is a real tough one. Cause 17 year old me would have said, no, it's the Benz. Cause I, I just think that's an absolute masterpiece. Um, Fake plastic trees is one of my all time favorite songs period. However, 43 year old me who's listened to it, all of their output for many years would say peak is potentially okay computer because it is it's it's a bridging of multiple genres everybody who listened at one point listened to this and i don't think you can say that there is another album that was listened to by so many people at once for me uh, I feel that you're right at the t- you know, going back to like being 16, 17, 18, the Benz was massive and it was album of the year of 95 in like most of the indie magazines, the Melody Maker and the NME and all of that. And this album is massive and it's real. It's a real sort of, 
you can still see with this album where they were and mm. it's got hints of where they're going. Yeah. And for me, and it's taken quite a while to get there, my favourite Radiohead album is Kid A. Uh, okay. And that was confirmed for me today because I listened to this again in preparation and I thought, oh, I'll just go back and listen to the Benz just because I love that album. It's brilliant. Mm. And I got two songs in and I went, do you know what? I'm going to listen to Kid A instead. Right, okay. And I, I now, like, having grown up, you know, got older with both albums, I think Kid A is a masterpiece. Mm. And this has got hints at that masterpiece. Yeah, I th- I, I would agree because, again, I, I like Kid A. I, I actually bought them um, Deluxe of Kid A before Deluxe was even, like, a, a, a major record seller. You know, everybody who chases Deluxe is... I- I had an amnesiac one of those. Yeah, I've got an amnesiac one as well. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of amnesiac, see, I know that a lot of amnesiac came out at the same sessions as Kid A, but I don't think it's anywhere near as strong as Kid no. A is. No. I, I don't actually like it that much. I think Kid A was the last Radiohead album that I really, really enjoyed. I was having a chat with somebody who said I switched off at Kid A, and it's like, yeah, but you're, you're missing out on a lot. Hail to the Thief, there's some brilliant songs on that. I'm not sure if I enjoyed Hell to the Thief that much, to be honest. I think that might have been the last one I bought. I think they've all got a degree of strength. And although the songs are more... Did you buy The Eraser by Tom York, his solo album? No. I bought that, and it was very similar to a lot of the Radiohead stuff, so you did kind of get the feel that he was very much the um, creative force behind those albums. And you do then kind of get the feel that... Johnny Greenwood is writing the sort of more guitar-based stuff and Tom York is writing this more sort of electronic material. But there's songs on all of them where you kind of go, this this would just work on OK Computer as well, mm-hmm. but it's in a much, much later album. They're, they just seem to carry little elements of each other in different bits of music. And some of it works, some of it works, but not as much but it's still got something of merit, you know. Um, I, I tend to agree. I would say that... I think we kind of... We might disagree on the album. You're you're saying that OK Computer, our album in question today, is peak Radiohead, and I'm saying it's the next one, Kid mm. A. But we often talk on this show about runs of free albums and bands, so like Rancid, Let's Go, Out Come the Wolves, and Life Won't Wait. Mm-hmm. And like that, that run of free classic albums if you like there's like 10 versus vitology yeah you know yeah. The, the runs of free and i think that run of free albums so the bends okay computer and kid a it kind of you get the full swathe of where they've been and where they've gone and how they got there i'd agree with that for me it's it's ben's okay computer kid a mm-hmm. although pablo hun is fucking brilliant it's really good, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, you can't you can't knock that as an album, but then I think if you were to move it an album on and go, okay, computer, kid A, amnesiac, that's not as strong. Come yeah. back one, Ben's okay computer, kid A, that's really where they were firing on all cylinders. And genre spanning. I don't think there's any other band who's made such a dramatic evolution as Radiohead. That seems a perfect place to wrap up. 
Absolutely, mate. Have you enjoyed listening to it again this this last couple of weeks in preparation? It's yeah, been good. I think I've enjoyed revisiting it. Do you know what I, I didn't think of though, and stupidly so, is I didn't even think about trying all the others. I just kind of listened to that solely, yeah. rigidly for a bit. It was only today that I thought, oh, I'll, I'll give him a spin. I thought today actually the albums after in rainbows. I haven't listened to those. Now's the time to have a look. Yeah, yeah, do that. You got the Apple Music? Apple Music, it. stick them on there. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm doing so, at the moment. <laughs> so that was our OK Computer show. You'll hear us again in a couple of weeks' time, where hopefully we will be fitter, happier, more comfortable. Kissing with saliva, hopefully. Yeah, oh yeah, kissing <laughs> with saliva. That would be nice. Yeah, and going. It's right though. That doesn't happen anymore, does it? So. No, absolutely, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Only in '97. Yeah. So um, thank you very much for joining me and. Hopefully you'll be back on again in a couple of weeks' time. Definitely, mate. It's a pleasure as always. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Hey.